Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Mike Schmidt. And before we get to Mike, I have a few announcements. First and foremost, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there and see stories that I've written, stories that some of the guests have written. You can see photos of our guests, and you can see links to all their social media and links to all our social media. And by that, of course, I mean Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. There are links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can subscribe to this show for free, of course. And as always, I ask if you're listening there to please give us a good rating because that boosts our presence, which helps more people find the show. And that's a cool thing to do. So if you can do that, I'd appreciate it. Hey, do you think you'd be a good guest for the show? Or maybe you know somebody who'd be a good guest for the show. Or maybe you just want to say nice things. Maybe you want to ask me some questions about travel or maybe you're going somewhere. Need some advice? I'm here to help. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. All right, it's great to welcome back Mike Schmidt on the show. He's a longtime friend of mine, and his previous appearance on the show was actually one of our highest-rated episodes, because he's got a big following for his podcast, The 40-Year-Old Boy, which I listen to, and it's basically a deep dive into Mike's twisted brain and his lifestyle. But he's a very funny guy. And his last episode, we talked about his first trip out of the country ever, which was courtesy of one of his many fans and listeners who brought him to Kuwait. And this time, in January of 2018, he went to Japan with the same listeners. So this episode is all about Mike's adventures in Japan. And I do have to do a warning here. If you're listening with your children or at work, this is probably not safe for work. Mike has a colorful vocabulary. (laughs) So if the occasional F-bomb disturbs you or makes you uncomfortable, well, then I'm warning you now. But I always enjoy talking to him, and I always laugh a lot whenever we do talk. So please enjoy now my conversation with the 40-year-old boy himself, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt, welcome to the Travel Tales uh, podcast again. Welcome back, I should say. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me, my friend. And this is not our usual studio for everybody listening out there. We are at the Rock Solid Podcast Studio. Do you have a usual studio? Because every time you contact me... That would be me, my house. Okay. <laughs> well, no, because you're always like, hey, Mike, I'm in the car. You want to meet me in the back seat and do nine minutes? I'm like, I... All that right. sounded awful. <laughs> meet me in the back seat, do nine minutes. Uh, and thank you for giving me the nine so, minutes. I say it seems long. <laughs> uh, so... Anyway, uh, Pat Francis from the Rock Salad Podcast, very kind of him to uh, allow us. It's very convenient for you. We're recording a Rock Salad after this, but this is like five minutes from your house. This worked out perfectly for everybody. Patrick yes, was here to set us up. Yeah, I, I, I'm here five minutes. We're recording on these lovely Shure microphones. 
with our lovely Bose headphones on. Yes, we're giving a lot of plugs that, uh, frankly, they haven't paid me, so I don't know why I'm giving them all these plugs. Yeah, me neither. Uh, you just came back. Well, not just came back. Yeah. When, when did you go to Japan? This was January of 2018? January 2018. That is one hell of a flight. Um, this was a straight shot from LA to Japan, which is, I, and I think it was... 13? It's about, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I do fine. That's I'm, doable. You know, no, dude, it's fine. As long as nobody's next to you. Like, if you're crammed in, because I've been very lucky yeah. in all of my international And you're not flights. a small man for no, a uh, coach. I'm a, yeah, I'm a house. And, and I, <laughs> I apologize to everybody anyway. Um, but luckily, on all of my international flights, except one, I've been, I've had been unobstructed. There's been a seat open next to me. Uh, to and from, I've, I, on, to Japan and into Kuwait, I had rows to myself, which was nice. Um, so I do fine on the plane. I mean, you know, they, and the, the weird things, they feed you and they take care of you and they're always fucking, I, which is strange. What airline me. were you? To, Is this American? Boy, or did you get like Japan Airlines? No, no, no. Nice. I wanted to, but I think I think I went American. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah, because it was that deal where because I you know I took Emirates to Kuwait, which mm-hmm. I mean, Christ, I would live on an Emirates plane. <laughs> Holy Did they give God. you the option of like the local food or a Western menu? Of course, yeah. yeah. They give you that vegetarian. You get the vegetarian option, or you can get if you want to have you know sandwich, you can do that. <laughs> but I'm like, fuck that. Give me samosas. Help me out yeah. here, you know. And that's pretty cool. So on the on the Japanese flight, same deal. They fed you, and they, and they do that thing where. I fell asleep. I talked about this, I think, before. On the Kuwait flight, I did it on Japan, too. And they come over, and they're like, oh, did you miss the snack? And then they hand you a handful of food. Like, they, you know, three <laughs> Snickers bars and an apple. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, in America, you're just, you're literally on your hands and knees going, can I get one more ice cube? Yeah. Just one more ice Please, cube. Please, sir. I want <laughs> some more. Did, uh, so was this a listener sent you over there uh, paid for the flight and played for paid for your trip i was very lucky it was it was yeah it was uh, oh wow essentially a a an appearance that i do so it was my buddies from kuwait yeah I, I went with them so uh, these Ahmad, are good fans to have ahmad is the best he's he's the, and again all those guys mohammed regular size mohammed all these mohammeds they're all there they're <laughs> fucking cool um but we went and we just it was me and uh it was four other dudes so we got an airbnb and uh, and I had to meet them. You know, they were they were flying obviously from where they were, and then I flew from America, and we all met in the airport, and and that's just you know a, a zoo. You know how it is. <laughs> I know. All of a sudden, you're you're fi- American airports are busy, but when you go to foreign airports, holy yeah, God. Narita is a big big hub. Yeah, and it's far from downtown. I mean, the, if you take a car, I always tell people this: they make the mistake of trying to take a cab or something from from Narita all the way into the city, and that's like a hundred dollar cab ride it's a, so there are some buses that are it's really easy you know to I get was, into downtown and i think i got it down in america because we we've traveled all over the place whether we've driven or we've done stand-up or we've flown all over the place um i've just recently in the past decade started to look at the bart in oakland you know in from the airport yeah. to where you're going all those different things i never was that guy i always thought well i gotta rent a car i gotta do this i gotta do that no most cities work they have a train that goes to the airport i know but i i, but I, I do that thing where <laughs> i don't want to schlep so it's like i'm like oh i've got a suitcase well i better get somebody to help me you know what i mean like that i better put it in a trunk um but then because <laughs> i'm just a, tr- a steamer yeah your big steam trunk <laughs> yeah, yeah i do i take a barge you're like a titanic <laughs> trunk of uh, steamship i got the stickers all over it i'm like jimmy stewart i want a big one uh, but i just i don't you know when i think when i have a bunch of luggage and stuff i'm supposed to get a car i'm supposed to and also freedom in your brain you've got that thing with well, freedom yeah, okay. i need freedom i need to go i need to go here um but it, like i said in about the last decade or so i've started to do the train i've taken the train in san francisco i've taken the train in chicago and all these different things and and, and getting to and from the airport which makes sense um but internationally i would have no help no clue i would not know i'm lucky that i've traveled with my friends mm-hmm. who've then told me well let's do this because you're right in japan i would have been like well i gotta get a car i gotta figure out what to do well first of all they're on the wrong side of the fucking road over there 
which which I found out the hard the way. The left side of the road. There's no right or wrong. Come on now. No, no, no I'm sorry. Japan, <laughs> wake up and do things the way we say to do them. Everything else in your country is Oh, much- those days are over, Fred. <laughs> yeah, true. We've been toppled from the top. Uh, but yeah, I, if I would have driven a car, I would have been, been massive. And it's chaos. You know, Tokyo is, I think, 25 million, 20 to 25 million people. It's astonishing. Yeah. It, it's a, I, I describe it to people. It's the size of L.A. It's, think of the footprint of L.A., but instead of here where everything's one or two stories, there everything is yeah. five to ten stories. You know what it so reminded it's, me of? It's, it's, it's spread out and dense at the same time. Yeah, and you've been to Hawaii? Yeah. You know how in Hawaii everything is just built straight up? <laughs> because they just they kept getting people and they just kept like kind of oh, building yeah, these taller Honolulu, and taller yeah. yeah they're not and they're not shiny chrome big office buildings I'm saying they're, they're like they're like favelas I mean <laughs> you know what I mean or favelas or whatever how you say favela it. yeah okay and and they're just on top of one another and there's people and there's clotheslines and shit like that I'm like what the hell <laughs> so in Tokyo there's buildings that are tall 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 but I mean it's all but it's modern it's Blade Runner yeah, it's insane yeah. but also you you will go three miles one way. And then you're in you're in an ancient time that you don't recognize. It's insane. God, I loved it. I loved it. Okay, well we're gonna. Uh, you, there's a lot to get to, but I wanted to ask first and foremost. You had always you talked about wanting to go to Japan. Yes. And what were the things you wanted mm-hmm. to see? Uh, what was the top of your list? What was your bucket list there? I've wanted to go to Japan since I was small. Since I was. Well, you were never a small. Seven, well, <laughs> well, I was small when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was like seven or eight, and I, this, this is, it sounds corny, but the first time I ever had rice, I didn't, oh. I didn't know what, what it was. And I said, what is this? I don't, you know, and then my mom's like, oh, it's, it's food from, uh, from Japan. And, uh, and, so, and ever since that moment, I was like, all right, well, I don't know what this is, but I love it and I want to go there. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. As a little kid, I don't know, what's Japan? It seemed like a mystery. Right. And then as you get older, you learn more about Japan. You see their, you know, whatever, how ancient their history. And then I liked wrestling, so I learned a lot about Japanese wrestling. And, and it just... And there was Mo- Godzilla, and Jap- for sure. Godzilla, Japanese baseball. Speed again, racer. All the touchstones we would have here. Yeah, anime. Johnny Sacco and his flying <laughs> robot. Oh, Prince Planet. <laughs> all that nonsense. And... and uh, <laughs> And to them, it's not nonsense. Yeah, no, it's their so, culture. You know, all their nonsense. <laughs> but when you're here, <laughs> it's such a mystery, you know? And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And even, again, getting to the airport, the guys all knew, uh, train, we're taking a train, we're doing this, we're doing that, because I didn't know. I'm just wheeling around my fucking luggage and following the guys. <laughs> um, but you aren't kidding. It's just you're, everyone is on top of you and moving. But also... But everyone is very respectful and nice. It's not, you know, nobody's mean. Nobody was pushing or shoving. It's just, but you're all just kind of in the same space. I will say this about Japan. It, it works, you know, and, and they have a harmony of within, they follow the rules, mm-hmm. you know, and the, you could walk down in Tokyo. There, there's stuff painted on the sidewalk that says smoking area and yeah. people will stand in that smoking area and it says, put your cigarette out here and they will put it out in that thing, you know. Uh, escalators stand to the right, this, you yeah. know, move to the left, and they do that. And because I think they finally realized that it, with that many people all in one place, if you don't have some order, it's chaos. I mean, yeah. there's no way to live. Yeah, it would be a mob scene. It would be insane. And yeah. and also, you, and it's you a mentioned- bit of shame too. Like if you, if you you know you bring shame on your family if you don't yeah. adhere to the. It's a, it's, a, it's a harmony. I think it is exactly. And they don't want to be painted in a in a bad light. They don't want the they they don't want to disgrace themselves yeah. or, or or even saving. Face. Yeah. And so that's why the, the, the phrase I learned immediately um, was Gomenesai, which is I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I literally, every time we go to anywhere, I go Gomenesai, Gomenesai, because I just to make sure they knew that I, you know, I was trying to do everything I could to adhere because I'm, I'm a firm believer. You're, you're certainly much more international. I've only been out of the country twice. 
I've been to Kuwait, the Middle East, and I've been to Japan. And those are pretty big leaps. It's not like going to you know, it, Canada. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been to Canada, <laughs> right. too, and Mexico, but I mean, that's you're driving. Yeah, we're, not, count, yeah, we're not counting those. Oh, that, they're neighbors. Yeah. Christ, that's like getting a cup of sugar. <laughs> um, but, you, but you go to these countries, in my opinion, and you go and you immerse yourself in how they do things and you do them their way. You don't... You don't ugly American, you don't go, well, I want this, and you don't fucking whine, and you don't, you, mm-hmm. you, you observe, and you adapt what's going on, and you try to do your best to, again, not bring shame onto yourself, and let them know that you're trying to assimilate and do the best you can within the constraints of whatever their, their society is. Well, that being said, tell me your first mistake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> What was Christ. the first mistake you made? The, uh, oh, you know what? You know what's weird? Holding doors for people. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, like I, at the airport, I, I held a door for people, and they, they stood there. And I was holding the door and they stood there waiting and I just kind of looked, it was like this weird standoff. <laughs> and then I just kind of, I bowed and they bowed and I bowed and then I just went inside. I like, I, cause I realized they were letting me, they were letting me go. Cause I will tell you this. Another thing is they're very respectful. Like they, um, they don't suffer fools or foreigners, you know, very well at places. Like I, I, I liked going to restaurants because they had all Japan and Japanese menus. So you pointed and you, you learned like they would have to say in the window, Western menu or English menu available. Mm-hmm. But I liked the fact that they didn't wait for me. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't, they made me catch up. <laughs> so I think they were, they were showing respect to me as a, as a foreigner to let me go in first when I was trying to hold the door. Like almost like you're a guest in this country so you can go ahead. That, that was the first thing that ever was really <laughs> glaring to me. Right. Um, boy, mistakes. Everything else was just like bumping into people or touching things or doing, you know, I, I, right. um, I'm trying to remember exactly. I mean, you feel like a big guy here. There, you must have oh, dude, like a giant. I have a video of myself on the train. It's funny. I got on the, I got on the train once at midnight, 1230 a.m., and, uh, and I'm filling, I'm, I'm a head taller than anybody in the fucking train, but you can't move. It was that thing literally with the sticks where they shove you in. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're all, oh, I didn't get one that, that tight. When oh I yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, I'll, I'll show you the video. It's literally, you, you can't move. The only thing is I got my arm up and my head up and I just did a fucking like a 360 pan. And, it, and these are, these are people coming home from work. You know what I mean? Right, it's 1230 right. AM and they're, they're fucking, they're, they're heading home from the office. They've been working well, 15 hours, whatever the fuck. So it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, but I am a big dude there. I mean, it was, it was crazy. You know, that's <laughs> and even there, they're getting bigger. Them and the Koreans are getting bigger, you know, in the last 20 years. Oh, they're really? noticeably bigger. Yeah. You'll oh. notice that like when you go to someplace like, uh, Vietnam, that's when I felt like a, like a giant. Really? Oh Yeah. Yeah, and that, because you know, they've adopted more of a Western diet, so a lot more beef, a lot more dairy, and stuff they never had before. So remember, back when we were growing up, there were no Japanese baseball players playing here. They were just too small. And too, oh yeah, and now there's like Japanese sluggers and Korean sluggers <laughs> yeah. in South Korea. I mean, that never happened. Before. That makes so sense. They I are never, getting bigger. They I are never getting thought bigger. about that. That's it's interesting. Yeah, because they their whole, uh, you know, and consequently they're dying. Sooner. Oh, these poor people. They used to, they used what to, did we do to this? We world? gave them. We gave them our diet. What is wrong with us? Yeah. Stop. Stop exporting anything. McDonald's, American. baby. We gave it to them. They got it. Yep. You know what else they had out there, which freaked me the fuck out. And I honestly, I was like, because again, we'll get into all that. But the thing, the first thing that made me go, "You're kidding," Yoshinoya. No, oh, the beef bowl. But that's the worst that's restaurant garbage ever. here. <laughs> And I'm like, how do you have a Japanese footprint, Yoshinoya? I mean, because again, every every corner oh, they're awful. is a noodle house or a ramen yeah, yeah, house yeah. or a curry house. You know what I mean? Which is fucking fantastic. Um, but then I saw Yoshinoya just with that orange and white. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. really? We got Taco Bells in L.A. We shouldn't. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I did, <laughs> you know I did. what I mean? 
but yeah, they had, uh, but you know, again, it's that thing where you just, you immerse yourself immediately. And, and I wanted to just do, right. just, just be Japanese. That's right. the whole time. I was there for two weeks. So, well, I know uh, you wanted, two weeks is a long time. Yes. Well, I know you wanted to see something that I didn't get to see, which is sumo. Yes. And you did go. Yes. So briefly tell me about the sumo and, and. It was is it like a fa- I heard it's like a kind of a fading sport. Like it's more the older generation. Of Certainly, like the older generation was there early. All right, we. Okay. Uh, it just so happened we were there. There's two grand sumo tournaments on the year, and we were there in the midst of one. And uh, and Ahmad was fascinated by it, and he was like, because he and I love pro wrestling, so we're like, well, we got to see this. There's no <laughs> doubt. So we went to lack sum- of costumes. Uh, nobody yeah. in a- <laughs> with no <laughs> masks. <laughs> yeah, they're throwing salt, but not in anybody's eyes. Uh, but yeah, so we it was at Sumo Hall. It was at the world famous, wow. you know, the ancient Sumo Hall. And uh, and we that morning we actually woke up because our Airbnb was probably three miles from there, whatever. And we walked. We wound up walking it. And uh, and I will tell you this: I I uh, I didn't I look. I don't know anything. I live in Los Angeles now. I'm from Chicago. My blood is thinned, so I lived in hoodies, you know, over the winter. Uh, oh, yeah, you winter. went in, G- in January. Yes. It's winter. It's cold. I it's didn't freezing know now. this, Michael. Why didn't you tell me, for fuck's sake? I know. It's, uh, <laughs> you didn't ask for one. Yeah. I brought, dude, it's pretty common knowledge that it gets cold in Japan. They I have the brought, Winter Olympics in Japan. Dude, I brought two hoodies and a flannel shirt <laughs> and shorts. I brought two pair. I bought one pair of jeans and like, and like three <laughs> pairs of shorts. I show up, and it's, uh, it snowed. We, one day, we got five inches of snow. Yeah. And we're out walking. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in shorts and a hoodie, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. I, I, and thank God I didn't get sick. I thought for sure I was going to get sick. But I was there two weeks, and it, was, it never got above 45. You know what I mean? It was just freezing the whole fuck. Well, not freezing for them, but still. I mean, cold when you're in shorts and well, shit. I'm sure they have pants in your size uh, somewhere. Oh, sure they do, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's in a carnival with four dudes in it, in, in, the, in the pair. <laughs> fuck that. Dude, it was, it was, I didn't even bother. You know what I mean? It was that thing where I'm like, should I get sweatpants or something? And I went, oh, what am, where am I going to go? Yeah. I, I bought underwear there because I went in the dead of summer. Okay. And oh, dude. Sweat my ass. Well, it goes over 100 degrees there. Yeah. I knew that. It's, it's like, you know, every extreme is Chicago kind of weather. Yeah, see. So it's, it's, it was like going to New York in August. You, you don't, you know, just, it just radiates off the pavement. Sweltering, right? Yeah. So it was just, I was walking all day, every, every day, and I just kind of burned through my underwear really yeah. quick. <laughs> Better get so some new ones. I went over to Uniqlo and I'd say a pack of three for it was cheap and I was like done. Did you wash any clothes while you were there? No, I didn't wash any. Dude. Did you? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, because again, I'm I'm you got there, two pair of shorts, you gotta rotate I'm there them. Two weeks. <laughs> so I got, I got three pairs of shorts, I got a pair of jeans, and then I got, you know, you're wearing because again I'm wearing layers now, so I'm wearing a t shirt with a sweatshirt. So you didn't with send a it out. You went to an actual laundromat? No, 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 no. Airbnb. We had it in okay, our in yeah. our in our joint, but they don't have clothes dryers. Oh, yeah, you got to hang them on because, the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we got to put them in the bathroom. Dryers are a very American thing. It's so crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize this. It's so, true in Europe and everywhere. Really? Yeah. Because it's, it's rare when you get a dryer. You wash the clothes and then you take them out and you have to hang everything socks, under, yeah. under you know, boxer briefs, whatever the fuck. And you put them in the bathroom and then you turn on an ultraviolet, like those red lamps, those really hot lamps, and you close the door. And it just dries your clothes. It takes fucking forever. Yeah. Um, or a day. A day's forever when you're. I'm only here two weeks. I don't got this time. Fucking let's go, baby. Build a dryer. But then I so then it, I got me curious about it. and I googled it. And it turns out it's because of the power grid. Like they can't do it. Like they don't. It, it would yeah. just be a thing where they would overload it in a way where you, if everybody had a dryer, because I'm sure they've got them somewhere in there in the country. Oh yeah, no, yes they do. But I mean, it's in people's homes, and it's very common around the world. It's either a power issue. Uh, it's a money issue because they use up a lot of energy. Okay. And a lot of people think that it damages the clothes. 
So, and wow. also, it's like, well, we can just dry them for free. It's just, <laughs> you just hang them. And then just, and there's guess. not this image. We have this image of people hanging laundry. You're automatically a poor person. Right. Where there, it's just like, no. A, it's better for the environment. B, it's free. And what's this C, it doesn't take... What's this environment? Exactly. Of? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, so sumo. sumo. So we go to Sumo Hall and we get there early. It's an all-day event. It starts at 9 a.m., goes till 6 p.m. And uh, it's a two-week tournament. So there's Sumo every day. Khalid and Muhammad and, uh, and me and Ahmad went. And then um, it was me and Ahmad who really wanted to see it. And our other three friends kind of went with us. And we showed up and a crowd was arriving. You know, we got there at 930, a little late. But we went in and the place was very sparsely attended. Probably only like one-sixth or seventh full. And, uh, and it's just... It's sumo in the mid in the middle of the arena. There's you know that I will tell you this: if you've seen sumo, you know they're on that raised, elevated platform yeah. where they they actually fight. And well, that's cement. That's that thing because they're you know they're only wearing the uh, the. It's not like a canvas or a mat no, or something. No, dude, that's why I'm saying it's if, if you watch it, it's insane because it it is it is this, like this kind of this concrete pillar that they're on. And uh, there was no, so there was no crowd in the beginning of the day, but Ahmad and I are fascinated. We get like the scorecard. We see the names of the guys. Then they have this ceremony where they come up because they start with the young dudes who are all new and then they're building up and building up. We actually get to see a Yokozuna fight at the end of the night. Um, but they have pageantry. They come out with flags. They do a ceremony. Yeah. And once they switch to the guys who are in the actual tournament, they do a walkout. And, there's, <laughs> and the, it's so insane. Like just like any regular sporting event, uh, in between guys come out with banners advertising film or you know, there's commercial advertisements. But the, the, in the daytime, it was very much an older crowd, older traditionalists, you could see. Yeah. And, um, and they're also not working. So they have days true. free. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, they're retired. Um, so we're all up. You know, we're up in the seats, up in the up, upper tank. Um, but down below, you know, they have the boxes where you can sit on the, on the ground, on the mats or on your, on your blankets or whatever. And so then it starts to fill up as gradually as the time is going, more people and more people are coming in. So then by the time the main event starts, which is we, cause we stayed the whole day, Cutley, our boys just bailed. The three dudes left. <laughs> they stayed two hours maybe. Right. But then Ahmad and I, That's we still, just, two hours is a lot of sumo. They true. put in some, they put in some time. Yeah. They, cause they were, we were in town for, uh, um, Evo. Okay. Um, which is the electronics video, whatever the fuck. I don't uh, even, I, I think, is it called Evo? I don't remember the name of it. Um, we were there for extra virgin olive oil. And, uh, <laughs> but, but we were there for the electronics. You know, that's why we were there because okay. those guys are all video game dudes. So that's well, one I'm of the just wondering if this is kind of like I went to the uh, Muay Thai boxing in Thailand. Nice. And it's kind of sound, kind of sounds like the same thing. But yeah, yeah. After a couple hours, you kind of got it. Well, <laughs> you kind of got it. Nah, but Ahmad and I, we embraced it. Oh, we really? steered into the skid and loved every second of it. How much we does were, every, how long does each match last about? Some can, it lasts until somebody loses. I mean, it, it, we, you know, and also they do this thing. Also, when you get into the later guys, the bigger guys and the guys who are more experienced, a lot of gamesmanship. Yeah. A lot sure. of, they'll line up on the thing where they're facing one another and then a guy will like walk away and, and the crowd will go like, oh, <laughs> like, like cause he's, he's obviously luring that guy in to get a look at his stance or whatever. Um, very, very much game very much uh, a chess match, you know, but but with giant guys, and they can gamble on this, right? Or or is that not legal? Or I don't know. I don't can. know. We I mean, we didn't see any. There was nothing set up in the stadium where yeah. you could go up and bet anything, or because we fucking would have immediately. <laughs> I um, mean, maybe it's under the table. I'm sure. Oh, there's got to be a ton of it. Yeah, but by would... the time you know, like I said, the main event started, we're full. Sumo Hall's okay. packed, and it's packed with people and they not unlike soccer fans or whatever football fans, mm-hmm. they have banners. They're cheering for their guy. They're chanting his name. That very like kind of high pitch, oh, like yeah, Ayakata, Ayakata, like whatever the fuck. And and 
they they rooted for their dudes. Like they all they each there were pockets of the arena who actually loved a certain guy and they'd go crazy when he walked out. And you know, to the layman, you're just like, these are all the same dude. It's the same diaper, same man bun. You know what I mean? But no, you would see bigger dudes or smaller dudes. And then I filmed a bunch of it. So you'd see like there'd be a small the best part is you'd see like a small dude against a big dude, and then the small dude would beat him. Because again, it would be speed against and technique against yeah. just sheer bulk or sheer size. But then when you'd see guys with actual size and technique, it was it was awe inspiring. <laughs> Because they're giants, you know what I mean? And they would come, the, the, just the power, we were up top and you could still hear the smack of two bodies into one another. Ooh. That's just, it's literally your basest instinct as a sport. <laughs> it's just two guys smash into one another and throw a guy over. I mean, it's crazy. Were you getting some looks there going, hey, uh, miss, they think maybe that you're uh, <laughs> what? One, no. of the, one of the fighters? And no, like, hey, you know, because I, I probably, if I wore the outfit, I would be as big as the small guys. Okay. Um, because, but I mean, I'm, I'm 6'2", and at the time I was probably 365, you know what I mean? So yeah. I yeah, but you could almost get the bun working if you really tried. Uh, yeah, at the time, actually, my hair was a little longer when I was there. I could do that. You know what? I should have done that. Maybe that I should have just cool. completely just dressed walk up. would be cool just walking. You're wearing the whole robe. That would be great. <laughs> and just just looking, sit yeah. and let people kiss your ass and just ask for an autograph here oh, and there. And get that uh, chankobashu or whatever the fuck that stew they eat. Oh. There's a stew. To gain weight. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Just they just All the young the young lions, the young boys make them. Uh, I think it's called <laughs> the young boys. Yeah, and they just make them that stew and they eat that fucking oh. stew all day when they're practicing. Well, that sounds fun. So the the lesson here is to go later when it's crowded and more fun, I would think, if you're going to go yeah, for a couple Yeah, I hours. think so. You know, They'll probably charge more for later in the day. Probably, but we were there all day. Me, okay. and, me Ahmad and I closed Like the how much down. is a ticket it was, in U.S. dollars would probably be? I think it was 80 American dollars. Okay. I could be wrong, maybe 100. You did another thing there that I didn't get a chance to do, and I really regret having not done it when I went, which was the, the fish market. Yeah. You went to Tsukiji Tsukiji with a K, K first. Oh, Tsukiji Fish Market. Yeah, which is now closed. Yes. They moved it to a modern, they've modernized it and moved it to a different area of the city. And a lot of people are it took the shine off of it because right. it was it was a, it was a notorious tourist attraction. I mean, we had to get there. It's a hassle to get to, and you had to go there like four in the morning, two thirty right? in the morning. Okay, because it, it started <laughs> That's when the boats come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it well, because you have to get there in line to make sure you can do the tour. Oh, um, two thirty so in the morning. Two dude, two thirty in the morning, and we took a cab. Um, you know, because I, I will tell you this: they have Uber and uh, they didn't have Uber and Lyft there. They have Uber. They tried. Uber tried, mm-hmm. but then they shut them down. Well, the cabs are so efficient. Dude, I, mean, I don't know where you, you know, and maybe it's this way also all over the world. All the cab drivers are in suit and tie. Oh, no, it's not that way uh, all over these the dudes, world. <laughs> these are like white glove suit and tie guys, and wow, they take yeah. pride in their vehicle, that kind of deal. So we'd occasionally take a cab, and when you did, it was just these really polite, incredibly nice gentlemen. I actually sat in front with this dude, mm-hmm. uh, and again, they're driving on the weird side of, you know, it's, it, for them, it's perfect, right. but for me... You know, when you when you make a right turn with traffic coming the other way, it's bananas, dude. It's, it'll throw it fries your brain. But um, but we took a cab over, you know, and then and we had to get there at two thirty a.m. And uh, you sit in, you just sit in a room. And when we first showed up, there was a guy. Uh, he, had, he had like almost like a fedora on and a trench coat on, and he was a he was a carnival barker dude. Very much like, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? Well, we're glad to have you here. All right, everybody have a seat. Very much keeping the balls in the air. And my buddy, my buddy finally called him Tuna Boss. He's like, dude, who's the fucking Tuna Boss? That's what Ahmad called <laughs> the him. Tuna Boss. Yeah, because he looked, he dressed kind of like a mobster, uh-huh. and he was doing, he was very glad handing, and he kept trying to get you, hey, you know, when the when the tour is over, make sure you eat at the places around here. You got to support these restaurants, and there's a particular restaurant. It turns out, well, of course, he's taking, he's on the take for oh, sure. He's trying, yeah, he's trying yeah. to get you to go to the, and he's getting paid by everybody. Um, but then they brought out a gentleman, and uh, and he. He gave us the history of the market, and he was a, a you know a monger, and he'd been there forever. and And he said he gave us you know the lowdown on what we had to do, and we went in there, and it's fucking dark and it's cold, and 
Again, it's that thing where any questions, and then there's some Australian who's got to pipe up some question uh, about carp. Shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let us just sit here in silence in the dark and wait to go look at the fish market, please. Uh, you know, I, I'm from New Zealand. We've got fish there. Shut up. Uh, and, we know. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> um, I, and I don't know. Be, be, be enjoy yourself, whatever the fuck. So, so is, 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 is the tour guided, or are you just allowed to wander through the market? Fuck no, you would die. Yeah, right. Literally, they, they keep you in it's groups. It's chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole, and that's the thing. The, conti- the chaos continues. Mm-hmm. You, you, it is on you to avoid the chaos. It's not on them to go, oh, well, we're accommodating these tourists. Right. Fuck that. Now, are you on floor level? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I heard there's, a, there's the tuna auction yes. that happens. That's a separate thing? Which I went to. We went to that as well. Okay, it, you want to see that. That's it's, what you're there for. You're, right. you're not touring the market. You're there for the auction. Um, the market you're going to see on the way to the auction because you literally have to zigzag throughout the entire market mm-hmm. to get to where the auction is being held. But there's, I mean, there's really, if you want to say tour the fish market, you know, the interior of the fish market, there was nothing there. It's, uh, it's forklifts and guys running and yelling and frozen fish, everything. Because, <laughs> right. again, this is their workplace. And they're, the one thing they did drive home, the monger guy and tuna boss, they're like, these, these people are not here to accommodate you. You stay out of their way. You stay in the group. Or, or we will let you, we will make you leave. We, there is no, you know, don't wander over here to go. Ooh, let's take a photo. They said this is not like a tourist attraction. Uh, they went full Wonka, huh? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna get Augustus glooped into a fucking tuna pond. <laughs> Fuck that. Snozberry tuna. <laughs> so they they they're like, stay tight. Don't wander off. Don't go. Well, that looks like a cool photo op because we will throw you the fuck out. <laughs> and uh, and they said you and you forget it because they have they literally they had crosswalks like you had to stay within okay. these areas. It's all marked off for where the tourists can walk because otherwise you know there's a very good chance you would cause an accident mm-hmm. because they're flying on on forklifts and other and like you know these other vehicles and things like that. They're all coming through bikes. Everybody's flying through. It's this chaos mm-hmm. because they're. They're about to commence business. They're getting, you know, they're getting in fish. They're moving fish. They're sending fish out. They're having a, uh, the auction. All that stuff. It's insane. Isn't it crazy how much stuff they pull from the ocean? Is it as things you don't even recognize? It's like no. what is it? What is that? I yeah. don't even know what that is. Well, I, that that came after because initially yeah. you're walking to the fish market. I mean, I, I laughed because we saw there was a pile of styrofoam that I was like, well, this this there's got to be a hole in the ozone above this for fuck's sake. <laughs> it was so you know, there's so much waste and refuse because they're everything's coming in and going out and they're just they're trying to but they're they clean up later like they just stack all the garbage up in this one area um and then you get into the fish market and you're on the side and you can film you can do all that you can observe and film the whole deal and there's just all these you know and again if you don't know tuna are gigantic fish yeah if people don't know so there are tunas headless tuna that are out on the floor and they have, they'll have a chunk cut, uh, like a square chunk cut, kind of like a, if you only went three quarters of the way through a square and you flipped it out back like a flap. Mm-hmm. And all of the, the buyers there, restaurants, supermarkets, all of these guys who are going to buy the tuna to sell that day, sushi people, everybody. And they have hooks and they'll come up to a fish, they'll pull the flap back and they'll take a sample. They'll look for the oil content. They'll feel the flesh. They'll, they'll, they're, and it's silent. They're just walking around, just commiserating. And it's, it's so strange <laughs> to see them walk around. Because you don't know what the hell they're looking for. They're just pulling back the fish. They're looking for the, the meatiness of the flesh, the color, mm-hmm. all of those different things. And while they're doing that, around, all around you, because like, you, know, you keep your head on a swivel, um, there's, there's bandsaws going. They're cutting the heads off other tuna, other big fish. You would see other fish or whatever, and they're just slide. They're just cutting their heads off, baby, stacking them over to the side. Man, it was crazy. Wow. Um, but the catch of the day, the tuna of the day, are all laid out on this floor, and these guys are walking through. And I got very lucky because there were certain segments of the tour that went through early, and then they go, "Okay, you, you only have like 
I think it's six minutes, seven minutes. And they go, all right, we got to go. So if you're, if the, you're just there for the observation round, then you're, you're kind of boned and maybe you can try to get back in. But I happened to get in right as their observation round, we were there for like two minutes and then a guy comes out with a bell. He starts ringing a bell and two dudes stand on crates and they just start going, hi, and they just start yelling in Japanese <laughs> and guys are bidding on the tunas. And, and I have it. I, again, I filmed it because it's just incredible. And now <laughs> where they've moved it to another part of the, of the city, you have an observation deck where people are upstairs and they're okay. off the floor. And I think they're behind glass. Oh. So to actually be immersed in the auction itself. I missed my window. Yeah. I th- I think Do it while have. you can, folks. Oh, boy. You never know when these things go away. Uh, yeah. Because I, 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 I literally, that was the one thing I said, I'm, I, that's what I want to do. Because Ahmad was like, what are we doing? I, I, I would love to go to a baseball game, Cherry yeah, Blossoms. Yeah, wasn't the season. Right. That's all spring stuff. I went to a baseball game there. Oh, I would love it. I would just I love saw it. the uh, Yakult Swallows. Did you really? Uh, yeah. The uh, Tokyo Yakult Swallows. I didn't go to, because the big team is the Giants. Sure. It's playing the, the big Yamiuri dome. The Yamiuri Giants. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was like, ah, just, uh, let me go to the. Let me go to the, the scrappy little guys. And I went to the smaller stadium that where the Swallows play. They sure. were playing the Hiroshima Carp. Nice. And uh, I kind of wish I had gone inside because I was sweating my ass off. Oh, yeah. Outside. It was just humid, you know, but I, I had a great time. Oh, that's it's a lot of fun. I, just, I went by myself and I just ended up sitting around all these uh, people. You know, they have uh, cheerleaders. Like okay. in footballers, and they lead these songs, you know, and, and they have bring instruments as a band. See, that's so perfect. Yeah. I, just, I went to the Tokyo Dome while we were there. We, uh, we had gone, because we had to go there, because we went to Corican Hall as well, mm-hmm. which is also a famous uh, building. We went to see female wrestling. Um, yeah, you did. Professional wrestling. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> professional wrestling, it's called Stardom, and it's their, that's their promotion. And we, see, we actually went to go see female professional wrestling in Corican Hall. But is this more like... Uh, you know, pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. So oh, yeah. they're in costumes and yeah, yeah. characters and the whole thing. And they mix like J-pop with wrestling. <laughs> so the girls would come out like, and there'd be like a three three girl tag team, and they would do a lip sync with a oh, dance, that's great. and they would sing, and then they, and then they'd fight. They'd have mm. a weird fight. People would throw streamers. I have a bunch of that on tape, which was just phenomenal. And uh, and so we went because again, we were going to go see. That was one of the things we had to do. So we went to Tokyo Dome to get tickets for Cork and Hall. And uh, as we were walking by at the Tokyo Dome. They, they had tickets on sale for a, ta- a, a Japanese cultural festival. And Ahmad goes, let's go to that. You want to go to that? I go, yeah. So we grabbed tickets for that. And uh, I'm so happy we did because it was, it was, it was if you went to like a, a trade show here for vegetables or whatever the fuck. You know, like they have uh, the World Protein Council presents at the Los Angeles Coliseum. Yeah. Well, this is just a Japanese culture festival. So there was food in booths, all the different foods you could grab, you could buy, uh, samples of foods. And then the, um, you know how in Chinatown they'll have the dragons, the, you know, with, with the yeah, celebrations. Yeah. Okay. I, there's a Japanese version of that, but it's, it's with like 80 dudes under the dragon. They had all of these live bands hitting gongs and, and, <laughs> and I mean, just this uh, spectacle. It was craziness. So the, and we were in the Tokyo Dome, so I was happy to be in the Tokyo Dome. And then the whole field is covered in these booths. So when you talk about uh, the things that come out of the ocean, you know what I mean? We were after the fish market, you know, we saw the tuna and then they shuffled us down. Well, then we walked around the fish market afterwards and I have pictures of like pressed octopus that's caramelized, you know what I mean? And all these, <laughs> I, I, there's a pile of, of crabs that, but they're not, you know, not crabs that you would fucking eat here. Yeah. They're just, I don't even know where these crabs <laughs> came from. Um, so, so just to see that, and then, and of course, just people just walking up and buying slices of eel and going, yeah, I'll take that and eat it. Just so, so interesting <laughs> to immerse yourself in that culture. But man, we walked around that, that fish market afterwards, and we had sushi right out of the ocean at, at 7.30 in the morning. 
the place opened because that was the thing is after the fish market they're like we're all open so we would go over and we just i mean you know tuna boss showed up and he's like hey try this try that <laughs> we're eating toro that oh. day that from that came out of the ocean that mm. day oh my christ dude. it was so good it was ridiculous it was That's so great. fantastic yeah did you take a bullet train did you get a chance to take a bullet I train? I went to Kyoto on the bullet You did train. go to Kyoto. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was going to ask if you went. Well, we went for two That's the weeks. only other city I went to. Uh, right? So yeah. that's the thing. I'm there two weeks. You just... Well, we had all them. these plans. I'm like... Because there was... Because we... Ahmad and I looked at a stack of shit we wanted to do. Like, there was... You could spend a year in Tokyo and not see all of it, dude, though. Dude, there's a monkey hot springs, like, just outside of town. <laughs> yeah. You literally... You're in an onsen, and, and monkeys come up to you and say hi, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if they're talking, quite frankly, but <laughs> perhaps... We don't know. know there. We don't know there. I didn't get to go. Well, they speak Japanese. You wouldn't even know what they said. <laughs> so we we had this list of things we wanted to do, and I got out to, I, We were in Tokyo. I got out one day. The no. rest of the time we were in Tokyo. I spent the rest of the time. You went one day to Kyoto. Yeah, that was it. I, I took the bullet train there, and I I, I met. A, there was a listener who of, of my podcast. Oh wow! Uh, who happened? To, he's like, hey man, if you're here, get to Kyoto, and I did. And he and I went on because he. This was another thing I really wanted to do, and I was so happy he brought me. Um, we went to all of these these old government buildings and ancient palaces from the 1600s yeah, to 1700s. Yeah. So they're still intact. You know, you, you can't, and you can't wear your shoes. You have to, they're mm-hmm. so intact. You have to, they, you change into these, they give everybody these universal shoes you have to wear. And, uh, and you, there's the war room where the samurai met. And I mean, these are, these are legitimate, I mean, structures and, and, you know, these sprawling gardens and these stone walls, because they, they would show you these stone walls, they were built to keep out ninjas, you know, mm-hmm. and this is <laughs> yeah. for real. This isn't oh, even, yeah. it's not a goof. And these buildings have been there since, and you realize they were hand built. So there are these stone cement, you know, almost, I haven't seen the pyramids, but I can only imagine it's these size of, of stones. Oh, yeah. There was, there was one that, uh, did you see the one that had like a floor that made noise when you step on it? Yeah, yeah, It yeah. was like their alarm system. Yeah. So if like ninjas or something came in, yeah. there was pipes underneath, so it made a tone. It would do this weird sound. And, and yeah. so we, we went through there, and I'm taking photos of that. And there was a, a place where the, um, the, I mean, the last, unfortunately, when the Americans came to visit in the 1800s, when we basically told them we have guns, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because like, there's another thing, I went to the Samurai Museum, and I learned all about how you know, in Japan, they never wanted to deal with the world. They never wanted to deal with anybody. They were, they were happy being Japan, and they were happy doing things the way they did them. And then we basically showed up, and, and, uh, for, for, and again, I, I may be chilly to pick some facts yeah, here, you're, but, you're <laughs> <laughs> but it just, the way I got it was that uh, once we had guns and shit like that, they couldn't just very well have the samurai guard the country, and so they had to open up their borders to that technology and start to look into in making that happen. Right. And it's not what they want to do. Because again, when this, you know, the samurai used to protect and then they, when the samurai were basically told, no, and the, you know, they had to the, go to the emperor and go, all right, well, look, you're the guy now. You know what I mean? And so they had the whole country changed. I was under the impression that Tom Cruise was the last samurai. <laughs> he still might be, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, Kyoto's a cool little town. I mean, that was, I think that was the ancient capital, right? Well, it used Ki- to be the capital. Yeah, Kyoto was. And that's what I'm saying. There's all these government, there's, there's yeah, their palaces and, uh, and a, a castle, essentially. Um, one thing I really loved is we got off, I got off the train in Kyoto and we went upstairs and we came around the, the corner and there's a, uh, there was a blade maker. So we went in, and I... Uh, uh, Tori Hansu? Uh, basically, yeah. And I, I, you know what? I screwed up the totals, but he had like, like $4,000 swords and, and things like that and daggers and uh, size. He had, uh, you what know, the- uh, it's, uh, it looks like a little pitchfork. 
Oh, yeah. The three okay. prong that you hold in your hand that you would come after somebody. Uh, you basically use it to block the other sword. Like, if, oh, if you right, didn't okay. catch it like that. But this guy made it all by hand. He had, and we went into his shop and I'm looking around and you can't touch fucking anything, you know? <laughs> right. And it's great because he, there's two people there who will help you that are like his, his wife and his brother, but he won't even look at you. You know, he's, he's working. <laughs> and we walked in and he wouldn't even look up. He's just, he's doing his stuff and we're looking and I'm, I, and it's, I took two pictures and then there's a sign, no pictures. And I'm like, I am apologizing, you know, go on the side, go on the side. And, uh, but they were very nice about it. And, um, and, but it was just great to see because I want to buy, I bought, um, my my friend a uh i forget what you call it but not not a full samurai sword but the smaller version but a, but a legitimate one i okay. bought for him um but yeah Again, nice. uh, yeah exactly <laughs> and it cuts right through a beer can it's astonishing and i cut it through the frozen tuna at the, at the market <laughs> tuna boss uses it oh my god he whipped it out sure <laughs> But uh, yeah, but but to see the blade maker and to see him at work was it, little things like that made me so very happy. You How'd know, you just, like the train? Uh, we should be ashamed. Of Isn't ourselves. it awful? We should be every ashamed. time I get on one of those high speed bullet trains, I go. The, the, the fact that we don't have these is embarrassing. We should be embarrassed. Period. When I went to Japan again, two weeks, and I left there thinking Americans should be embarrassed. Oh, the, the Japanese think we live in the third world. They I, come here and they look around and they go. They between the homeless and the crumbling infrastructure and everything like I, that they're like oh, i'm not going to disagree thought you guys had everything again i I've, I've never been uh xenophobic you know where i've been like we're the greatest right. except for when i was 13 you know but now to get out and go to kuwait and go to these different places and to see what they've done and how they live you'd kind of go man what a we could learn we and could learn the, to- That's the, the thing. toilet technology alone. oh my christ dude there's bidets in, in, <laughs> oh, the, in restaurants and in the did bathroom you get the electronic one with the spray and we the, had one in the airbnb they're the greatest I, I want one now at my oh, house and then you go back and you see your sad little crapper and you're like oh, well i'm one of my animal <laughs> i, I might even, as well go in the cat box yeah i just put a garden hose <laughs> on my sink i'm like oh, let's get this taken care of baby <laughs> I, I, those bidets I, it's just oh, it's astonishing and that spray is a direct shot yep yeah. It, it, it could be a little gremlin there with a, like a, a like a super soaker aiming. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be couldn't be more accurate. But it get, but it totally. But I'll tell you what, it works. It, it, it only takes you one time to get used to it. Yeah. And again, it's it's hot water. It's warm. Oh my oh. god, the whole thing. It's phenomenal. We had it at the Airbnb. It was yes. just, It was so great, and I used it every time. You know, twice. <laughs> Let's do that just in case, baby. Um, but but also uh, the whole. This is I've never been to a cleaner place. Yeah. Than Tokyo. There are you know what and and for. We, for for that many people and still be clean and orderly and, and no garbage safe. cans on the street. Yeah. That's the thing. Everybody holds their trash until they go into a, a either an establishment or until they get home. Nobody throws shit on the ground. I remember taking Nobody... a subway and there was all these like paper ads or something hanging from hanging from the ceiling, yeah. the roof of the subway. And uh, I just remember thinking God, if this was in New York, and those things would be ripped down Destroyed. in a second. Yeah. And these things are just hanging there all day. People would walk under them and just... I had that thought in the train. You know when I really had that thought? Every corner, and, and you know this, in Japan, every corner you go on, there's a drink machine, like mm-hmm. a vending machine where you can buy, and I mean, you can buy hot soup out of it. You can buy, there was, I bought oh, yeah. this, this little Mountain Dew that had ginger in it. I mean, you know, you have these little cans, but they're everything. And then, there, then there's little uh, food machines where you can buy little sandwiches, whatever the fuck. And there's underwear machines, whatever the yeah. fuck, whatever you want, you can do it. And they're all, uh, the cha- the, they're on the corner and they work mm-hmm. and there's no graffiti on them <laughs> and nobody has rifled them for coins. I mean, it's just, we went down, it was like one day, it was like two in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to go get a Coke. You want a Coke? And we, we walked down to the corner and got a Coke out of the machine and went back. It wasn't a problem at all. Yeah. And I remember again, 
ashamed. You sh- but this country should be ashamed that we don't have a bullet train, that we don't have a way to get from you know New York to L.A. or whatever the fuck. I mean, it's, it's just, it's all... I, I mean, well, I, we, we love the individual here, but they do have a sense of, uh, certainly among you know, the natives and the Japanese, of harmony. And we're in it together, and that's... Yeah. And so we either have to, you know, you have to lift all boats, basically. You know, so I guess that's a more socialist way of thought. Like we're in this together, and then the more we help the lower, it makes us all, all our boats rise. Which makes sense, and you would hope it would work. You know, I, 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 I was right. astonished by... When I rode the bullet train, you know, I, I actually filmed it coming in and out. And also it was right on fucking time. I mean, they weren't messing oh, yeah, around, yeah, yeah. you know, within a minute it was there. Uh, I got to see Mount Fiji from the train. I didn't get to go there. My friends went. Um, yeah, I didn't go either. I saw it from the train like oh, you. Oh, so beautiful. And But also um, I enjoyed the fact that you're in Tokyo, which is this glass and chrome palace. <laughs> and then you get in the bullet train and within 30 minutes there's a, there's a horse you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a guy pulling a horse through a field. I'm like, what the hell? Did, where did I go? Like, I, did I go back in time with the bullet train? Because out, the outlying areas certainly can are very agriculture, uh, agriculturally oriented. And so I saw cows. I saw fields. I saw those little, like, ra- all these ramshackle shacks and things like that. And you're like, my God. We're I, back I, to Wonka. You saw the Oompa Loompas going by? <laughs> no one knows where we're going. Dude, that bullet train, you have no idea. Because you, you're, you're just, you're on it. Yeah. And you, you know it's fast because you're getting there in fast time. You'd have no concept of how fast it is until the other bullet train passes you. <laughs> yeah, that's And then weird. you're looking out the windows and, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. it is crazy fast. But the fact yeah. that we don't have one to Vegas or to, uh, you know, between New York and Boston. But or that, whatever, you know what I mean? That says everything about this country, that the one we'd build would be from here to fucking Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you get it to San Francisco, get New York to Boston, like you said. Yeah, all the East Coast for sure. I mean, I mean, they have the Acela train, which goes from New York to, uh, like, D.C. and stuff yeah, like that. But it's nowhere that. near as fast. No. As is. I mean, these things are going 220 miles an hour. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I went to Kyoto. I got, it, it took me an hour and 40 minutes, I think, from Tokyo. Right. It was insane. So we'll get to the... Uh, sin part of it i know you like a little vice like any other red-blooded man sure uh (laughs) in you know briefly you don't have to get in too much detail but did you go to a red light district area or well we went to um uh christ is it is it i don't we did essentially wind up in this and i can't remember rapongi is is the uh area where like touristy there's a there's a a western yeah there's a uh there's a a tag team named rapongi vice in in new japan or not anymore (laughs) but there was um we wound up, you know, we went all together. We went to a place, and they had uh, hostess clubs. Yeah. And they have the guys outside trying to get you in the door. Now, I will tell you this. The Japanese guys are not trying to get you in the door. Uh, they do not want Americans in their hostess club. Um, but if there was an, uh, like an Indian guy or an African-American guy or whatever working the front door, then they would approach to talk to me. But Japanese guys in front of the hostess club, they, you know, so yeah. it's funny when you said that, that thing about Zen, they don't want yeah. their... Or the bathhouses quite often, or you have to make a show, at least in the Korean spas there as well, you, they told me you have to, if you're a white guy in there, you have to make a show of really over-lathering up. Oh, yeah. Because they think you're not so clean. So I heard that when you're in the Japanese bathhouse, you really have to, like, see? Everybody, <laughs> make I, sure everybody sees you, like, overly lathering because they think, you know, that yeah. we're not as clean. I wanted know. to get to an onsen, but I did a lot of research on it, and it was that same deal. Where it was like, you, get, you, you have to be very careful about what you do when you go to something like yeah. that. Um, I, I wound up going... <laughs> 
so there's these hostess clubs and then there were places that were massage joints and things like that that you would see the sign outside and I didn't uh, my friends were my friends are not interested in that okay. all right I will tell you that all of my friends are um, they're very uh, chaste young men and delightful and they're yes. and they you know that's not what they but I am interested they're keeping in it uh, halal indeed <laughs> they're keeping it halal they actually and literally and figuratively so <laughs> but I went one night I went out myself I went on an excursion and uh, because I had done some research about some places and I I wound up going done some research uh, well I did I literally googled I know, to all, look oh I know there's websites and uh, and I found because there was I had heard about these uh, blowjob houses that they had in Japan <laughs> And uh, and so as, you, as they're called, uh, is there a name for them? Uh, the pink houses, I think it's called, or something like that. I forget the okay. name. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not that. Uh, well, well, but that's essentially what it is. <laughs> All right. Because you can go in. So it's and, not like a normal massage parlor. No, or it's it's, a, it's literally you go in and you watch. Uh, the, you know, you know. Remember the old days when you go look through the window and you see the girl dancing around. Ah, the old days. You know those. Oh, yeah. I did that in Vegas. Hey, I lived in New York. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you get, get the a old peep Times Square joints. A peep yeah. booth. Yeah, sure. So that's the thing is you go and you watch the girl do her thing and she dances around and then you're and you know there's like six or seven dudes or whatever in rooms around the stage and then you just uh patiently wait and then she'll knock on the door and then she comes in and you can choose a hand job or a blow job and uh it's the girl you watch to dance ah uh, gotcha okay so i mean i was like all right and i i was uh i knew my you friends. don't have to get into too much detail well no because i'll tell you exactly what happened uh listen <laughs> brace yourselves everybody pack a lunch <laughs> Um, now I, I left, I, cause I was one of those things where I was going, am I doing this or am I not doing this? Am I doing this? Am I not yeah. doing this? And I'm in the Airbnb one night. We finished early. We're home. And I'm, I'm, I think I even recorded that night or something. And, and, uh, cause I actually did a show. I did a video, a YouTube video of myself eating all the weird snacks. Like I did a 10 minute thing. I'm just pulling out like these are, you know, these okay. are clam chips or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so, uh, but then I went and I, I kept Googling it. I kept looking at the place and going, nah, and then I'm going, well, maybe. And then I looked at the train schedule and. And then finally, because my friends were in for the night, and, I, and it was only like 8.30 or something, right. and I went, you know what, man? <laughs> go a little exploring. Do it. You got to do it. And go right. out by yourself, because I went to Kyoto sure. by myself. So I left the Airbnb at like 5.30 in the morning, and I made it to the train station, and I took it to the bullet Good train. for you. I mean, yeah. I mean the, the subway system and the train system is massive, but once you, it takes a day kind of to really figure it out, and if you're good with maps, you can kind of like... You'll make an error here or two. Well, here I'll and tell there, you but. this, because again, this, I didn't know this. We get to town, like I said, we ride the train the first night, and we get to our Airbnb, and the next morning we're going to go explore. So all five of us go out, and we go to this, there was a, an open air market slash mall near us, and we made our way down there, we walked, and we were starving. So Ahmad's like, we got to find some sushi. So it just so happened he put it in his, his GPS, and there was a sushi place in this open air market, but we couldn't find it. So we're looking, and it said we were there, we kept looking, and then we realized there's stairs. I went, oh, dude. So we go down mm-hmm. the stairs, and you're in a, a hallway with garbage in it. Like literally there's garbage outside, but that's where the sushi joint was. Just there was curtains. It was this small little place. We walk in, we sit down and uh, it was just me and uh, I believe Muhammad and, um, and Ahmad. Uh, might've been Abdullah. And, and he, he looks at me, Ahmad goes, okay, well they have uh Negi Toro. They have da, da, da. He starts reading the menu. I said, you, you can read Japanese. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. I go, wow, wow. <laughs> and he goes, from, from anime. Wow. And video games. Like, literally, they taught themselves. He taught himself how to read. I mean, he doesn't know it fluently, but he can read every subway sign, every restaurant sign. It was insane. But also, they're also written in 
English as well. Most of the signs, but he's reading the, the characters. Signs. He's reading not the menus, but yeah, that's pretty good. But that's what I'm saying. He's reading the menu. That's dude. amazing. I was shocked because I mean, again, it's the first day. To so teach now himself, like, that's pretty good, dude. And so, in my or he head, plays a way too many video games. It sounds like <laughs> a little bit of both, probably. <laughs> but I was that just made everything this that's a lot easier revelation. Yeah, yeah. he knew tr- every trains. You know, we go to trains. We go, oh, we go here, we go there, whatever. And they're they're very seasoned international travelers. Mm-hmm. They've been all over the place. So for me, it's all new. But the that Ahmad, he's got that in his hip pocket. I'm like, well, this is gorgeous. <laughs> so then when I went out by myself to Kyoto, it was, you know, I'm fumbling through. I And again, imagine their rush hour. So I mean, I'm in the train station at 7.15 a.m. And I filmed it. Again, it's a thing where you're just, I'm sure I just look like a dope standing there <laughs> with just piles of, of just mass humanity moving around. And then I went to go buy a train uh, ticket for the, for, for the bullet train. And, then, you know, I had to get a clerk and point and all that stuff. And they were, they're very nice, but yeah. also stern. They were like, oh, yay. They were just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. they pointed and they helped me out and that sort of thing. So when I ventured out, that was the first time I ventured out by myself to Kyoto. Then the second time was to go to Blowjob House. So I, I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to do it. I'm just doing it. So I went down, I took the train, I did this. And that was when I was out, like I said, at 1230 a.m. So I get to the, I get all the way to the place where I'm supposed to go, which is Blowjob House. And uh, I see the sign. <laughs> Ask for it by name. You got it. We had to, I had to take an elevator up, the whole deal. So I get up there, and uh, and I had been told that there's also if you Google these sites, they tell you uh, that there's a procedure you have to do, especially you know as a as an American, you've got to go in and there's they'll have a picture and you can point and you can say what you want and all these different things and they're very gruff. They can be very you know if you do the wrong thing, it's very much you get the blowjob Nazi really no no blowjob for you <laughs> out the door. So I, I I waited and waited and I finally and I walked in and uh, and he was just like no. And, and I was like, no, no, I did it. And I, he's like, no. And I was like, what? I And I, this phrase came out of my, I'm sparing you the details. But finally, I looked at him because I didn't know what to say. And so I went, no gaijin for mouth ladies? <laughs> and it, he looked at me and he goes, no. And he points and uh, they were closed. I was late. <laughs> so they didn't take anybody after after 10 o'clock. <laughs> And uh, no guys, no gaijin for, for mouth, mouth ladies. That's what came out of my mouth, Mike. <laughs> no gaijin for mouth ladies. It's this awful thing that we end up speaking slower. Oh, and I found myself. Uh, I mean, I, I I told the story on here before that I interviewed Jackie Chan once. Okay, and you know his English wasn't great. <laughs> And so, but you end up falling into this embarrassing. You make a, the, a good movie, then, right? And I'm just like, oh no, what am I? What am I saying? Yeah, awful. I know. You don't. It's you don't think. Well, I certainly because I also I'm nervous enough. I mean, look yeah. what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, and and so yeah, no gaijin for mouth ladies is what came out of my mouth. <laughs> for mouth ladies. And it turned out I was just late. They were it was like ten okay. after, and so I had to get out of there. Yeah, and so they were they could not see me. I was mm-hmm. they, they were finished. So yeah, so that that stuff exists, and then we wound up in uh, you know no we wristwatch to, for gaijin. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Electric City, which is uh, Akihabara, I think, and um, they had these these you know video game play you know on first floor video games, second floor video games, third floor DVDs, fourth floor. And it would just it just would have like a a lolly like a a young you know a a, okay. a cartoon character who was naked, and uh you know no nobody under this age up to the top. So um, well I'm over that age, so let's do this. <laughs> and I I show up on this floor and I I walk in and the first thing I see is a is a video. It's a, like a DVD 
of a woman like making a face and a guy like in, in like a pained face as if you were like you were punched in the stomach and she's just like lactating in his mouth and he's just like he's and i was like awful all right, we're in the right place. <laughs> so I'm walking around and looking at all this stuff they got. And like I said, the way I described it was when you went through, it's just me up there and three guys who look like Yosh Kawano. No, just uh, the, 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 the clubhouse guy for the Cubs. Yeah. Just a fisherman's hat. <laughs> and the like, you know, everybody in there looked like they had at some point sold somebody a gremlin. You know but, what I mean? It was just like the long nails. Isn't the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas kind of like this? It's like half of... Electronics, and then there's a whole porn section. Oh, I'm or sure there. Yeah, absolutely, gotta be. I mean, but just these these buildings. It's getting because they sell DVDs, they sell games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I found, like I said, I found the underwear. I, I displays oh, of yeah. used underwear, and they have a picture of the girl on the package, so you know who wore it. That kind of thing, <laughs> dude. The thing that I, I mean, there was, uh, they had porn there that was questionable. I'm and sure. It literally said, "Make sure you check the bylaws of your country before oh, leaving Japan boy. with this with this stuff." And I'm like, nah, "No thanks, nah. I'm good with that," because that was in an envelope. You know what I mean? Like that's even <laughs> on the fucking display. But then they had a thing called a uh, libido doll, but they had made it into one word, so a libo a libidal libidal, and uh, it was under the guise of being a doll. Uh, but you could buy different outfits for it, like Catholic schoolgirl outfits and other Japanese schoolgirl outfits. And, uh, and they had holes in them sure. in certain areas. And, uh, certainly, and also they would, uh, you could put water in, so it would actually have an accident and you had to clean up after it, oh, that sort of thing. God. But also the even worse, dude, <laughs> you could buy a, a libidol and then you could buy different heads. Oh, so, hey, man, if you, if you felt like having a different girl the next day, you just pop the head off and put another <laughs> head on, and, and then that's who you're working. Yeah, they just, I mean, you would, it, was, it was very interesting. So did you get to see any kind of, like, tell me the, the craziest thing you saw just watching TV, like, like local TV, because they have the greatest game shows. Oh, you, we only turned the TV on like once because okay. like, the guys, we were there again for electro, uh, uh, you know, Evo. So they were playing Tekken the entire time. Oh, okay. so they're, they're battling guys in Korea and stuff on, on the live stream. But we, we turned it on and we would see those endurance game shows, things like that. We, one time we watched yeah, a game yeah. show and it was just a guy running. He, and he's, he's in a little window in the top right corner while a talk show is going on. <laughs> but he's running in the top right corner the whole time. And I don't know what the running play, from I what? I don't know. He was just running on a, like a, like on a, in a place on a treadmill type of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So almost like, I don't know if it was, it was an endurance test to him because we saw that. That was only like the third day. And we actually turned it off. Like really, mm. we're just like, oh, well, just flipping. And it was just, you know, Japanese soap operas, religion, talk show, flip, flip, flip. And then we turned it we, I had the TV on like once or twice in the entire two weeks. Okay, of all the things you ate, and I'm sure you ate enough there because I would eat everything there, but yes, give me the one thing that really stands out that you wish you could get here. Well, I mean... Conveniently there. I, I went to Ipudo, Ipudo Ramen, um, which I, I did research again. These are supposedly the best ramen in the world. Ipudo, and then there was another one I went to. We went to two different... Both of them were fucking <laughs> astonishing. Um, we went to... Uh, we ate at a restaurant in the shadow of the Tokyo Dome, and uh, we we went to the basically it was a tempura fifteen course dinner where they just kept bringing us stuff. They would fry stuff. Um, I had tur- they brought turtle soup. You know, I had, I actually ate turtle uh, a turtle on a halal by the way, so I got to no. eat a mod's okay. turtle. <laughs> um, but I would say you know I went and in Kyoto I went to a dinner as well where they kept bringing things and I ate the chungbashu where they they make the the stew in front of me, and they kept bringing courses. I, I have a uh, I think I've showed you I have a platter of translucent eel that I ate like you can they brought the platter and I didn't know what it was because all right I'll tell you why we ate at the Tokyo Dome, and uh, they brought this stuff and they put it in front of us and Ahmad and I didn't know what to do, 
So it was just, it looked like an ice cream scoop and it was white. So I was like, all right, we both, he put a little soy sauce on his and I just ate mine plain. And the chef comes running over. He's like, no, 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 no. And that's a garnish. Uh, <laughs> that was basically radish. That was to go with what he was preparing gotcha. for us. Yeah. But I ate it because you put stuff in front of me. I'm like, okay, I just like, I'm eating everything. I didn't care. Sir, that's the hand towel. Basically, <laughs> take it out of my mouth. <laughs> but they just, it was great. I mean, I, so, so the next night I go to Kyoto. So then they bring a platter and it's glass and, uh, and it had, it had a setup uh, of condiments on it, you know, like that, a garnish and stuff. And I'm waiting. And, uh, and my friend uh, goes, are you going to eat? And I said, well, I'm waiting to bring in the eel. He goes, it's right there. So you look at the platter and I looked, then your eyes focus a little. And the whole plate is full of translucent eel that you, because there were black dots, but it was their eyeballs. Like the whole oh. thing is translucent. And the garnishes you put with them to eat with. So that, that was why. So there was all the eel was there. I was waiting for the eel to arrive. Yeah, because I don't usually have the eel when it's, you know, the... Cook no, no, I'll show it to you, dude. Thing. It's crazy. It's like completely see-through. And uh, so it's the salt water, not fresh water. Yeah, yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah, the amagi, I think. And um, but I so I would say the two most memorable things that I had was uh, I, I had fugu. Oh, the blowfish. Yes, uh, and I've had it in America um, at at my sushi joint here, but it was always cut sashimi style. This was sushi fugu, and it was it was brick, you know, a, a big piece. Uh-huh. Like I've had little slices, yeah. real tiny. But in, I had a big piece of it in Japan, and I did get the the tingly lips. Because um, people will say, some people say they get it, some people say they don't, but it's not a real thing. I had it, and I mean, I, I, I will tell you flat out. I haven't I, had I it, it Oh, dude, I, I ate it, and I was eating it, and I just, I could feel it. Uh, I just, and it wasn't like pain, or it just that, that kind of almost like your, your hand falls asleep, that little kind yeah. of tingly. So I, I did get that really? on my lips from eating the fugu, yeah. I know it's the left side of your face is not moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wearing my, my wrestling mask, so how could you tell? Uh, and then I think probably the, the most memorable bite, uh, it just, it seems crazy, but we, with this tempura course meal, they kept bringing... Uh, all sorts of fried, fried shrimp and fried, you know, but also the delicate, like live shrimp that they fried. I mean, just amazing. And they brought, um, there was uni, there was deep fried uni wrapped in a shiso leaf. And then they coated it in tempura and they hand, you know, because it was, uh, it wasn't like dropped in a fryer. Literally in front of us, they're putting things in a fryer with their hands, with sticks. The chef is preparing yeah. everything in front of us. And uh, I, that was, that was the most revelatory thing I've been into <laughs> where I just, that, where you had that ratatouille moment of like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> But it was it was uni, fresh uni, wrapped in a shiso leaf and then fried. Wow. So it had crunch, it had and it had a little tooth to the leaf, and then the uni is creamy, and it was just it was amazing. And I'm not an uni guy. Like I mean, I've had it here in shooters and stuff, but I'm a texture guy. And it did but the leaf and the crunch along with with the with the coating and everything and the tempura, oh my God, dude, that was phenomenal. <laughs> and then we went to we went to several curry joints. You know what I mean? Just yeah. for, for Japanese curry. I mean, I, I had never had Japanese curry in my life until I went to Kuwait because the guys love it. And they brought me to a place that specializes in it there. Well, the good thing is anything you find in Asia, usually you can find somewhere in Los Angeles. Oh, exactly. The beauty of living in Los Angeles, anything Asian and anything yeah. Mexican, we can get here from any region and you can find it. Right. And I've, so I've been to Tentenu here and I've been to Daikokuya here, which are great ramen places. And uh, oh, but we had, we had uh, taco um, octopus balls. Right no, from, I don't know that. Oh, it's just it's just deep fried octopus balls. We okay. got those on the street in Tokyo. Just a vendor, like a, you know, a, just a window. You I know would what get I, mean? I would get stuff from Seven um, Eleven, like sushi from Seven Eleven. One night, the night it snowed, we just went to Seven Eleven and just started piling stuff on the counter it and brought it home and ate it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> they they have um, there's a restaurant now in L.A. called Conby. 
and they make Japanese egg salad sandwiches and you can get those at any market in, you know, out there. I was told, but friends told me before I went, they said the best fried chicken in the world is at this market, this, this convenience store that they have. And I could never find, they were always out of it whenever I would go, but it was just this fried chicken in a, in a convenience store. I just went to the Yoshinoya every time. I <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I, that was the one that surprised me because they had, you know, they had Burger King and also they had all the weird, of course. you know, my friends again, keep it halal and maybe not as adventurous. Ahmad, very adventurous. He and I would eat everything. But our other three friends, there was a McDonald's right up the street from the Airbnb. So every night they would go get that. And they had uh, an Ebe uh, filet, which is uh, it was a filet of fish, but filet of shrimp. Like okay. it, was, it was chopped shrimp instead of fish. They had, uh, they had the fucking, like, a, you know, the hot apple pie, but it was filled with Nutella hazelnut pie Ooh, yeah they, and they serve corn at mcdonald's in in japan like all that weird. so i liked right, going right. in and checking out the different restaurants to see the weird stuff that they would have um but there's kentucky fried chicken there's you know oh, yeah, all, all those all different places. yeah it's all there but 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 also they sell all sorts of weird crazy different stuff so what uh, like taking away from it what uh what impressed you most about uh the trip and what what do you think how do you think it changed you in any way if it did or your opinion of Japan from what you went in knowing? Well, I think it informed the person I've been becoming over the past five years, maybe 10 years. I, you know, I've, I've made a conscious decision that I got to change. You know, I've, I've been, uh, whatever, I've just uh, made mistakes and you, you don't like who you are as a person sometimes. And you can hear them all about it on the 40-year-old boy <laughs> podcast. Well, you heard the journey, certainly. You know what I mean? I, like, I, used, to, I used to term myself gleeful jagoff, but now... But now <laughs> Uh, that was how I would describe the show to people. I go, gleeful Jagoff. You know what I mean? Just that, and, and I still am to a certain extent. I'm still me. It's also the name of your first album. Which... <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, um, I've become more mindful as a person, and I think going there uh, helped that as well. Like I said, you, you, I've never been an ugly American person who's been, that sort of thing, but, but going abroad, you are able to see the way people live, and you are able to go, because I went in blank, and I also went in hoping to behave and uh, and have them like me and assimilate to who they are and their culture. So it worked in Kuwait when I saw people. And I told you when I, I smiled at the woman in the hijab, all you saw were her eyes, but I saw her smile back at me because her eyes, I could tell. And in Japan, I, I liked that they didn't, accommodate Americans. They didn't, you know, they, if, they, if you wanted an English menu, you had to ask, but when you walked in, they were, you know, we went to a virtual reality thing at one point and, um, I, I couldn't do it because I couldn't break the language barrier of how to talk to them because I, you know, I'm a big dude and I wasn't sure if the vest would fit all that kind of stuff. And it was just too complicated a conversation. And I liked the fact that they didn't go, well, let's get Ned over mm-hmm. here. And he knew, it. no, I liked the fact that I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't American. I could not speak to them on, uh, in their language, in their country, which is what you should do. You should, you know, you should do the best you can to assimilate, you know? And, and, um, I, I, I can't wait to go back. I would love to go. I'd love to go once a year, twice a year. I, I actually, honestly, Ahmad and I talked, I was like, I would live here. I mean, I, I, you know, to try to learn how I, I, what I took away from it was the fact that everybody there, um, was decent there. We heard sirens twice the entire two weeks. And one That's of them, safe. well, one of them was the North Korean, the missile thing. Oh, okay. Wow. So we were there for that. Yeah. Um, and then we were, we were out at a, you know, at a, a, a palace taking photos of them. We heard it go off and I, I knew, I was like, that doesn't sound like a cop car siren. And then we found out what it was later when I, I checked the internet later. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I, I just, I just thought it was safe and it was lovely and I, it's very insulated. You know what I mean? They are very much, they're an island. Yeah, they take care and they take care of their own. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. I mean. I, I guess that was what informed me. Um, th- it was a a pride and a uh, a willingness to take care of their own without excluding others. 
you know, I felt completely accepted and it was friendly everywhere I went, but at the same time it was their culture and I had to make sure that I could, I could talk. They didn't make me feel bad for not knowing Japanese. They didn't shit on me for it. I know when you, when you, I see that now when you always, these videos will pop up and somebody's, uh, uncomfortably because somebody was speaking another language in their presence mm-hmm. here in America. <laughs> it's like, if you've ever been anywhere outside this and been on the other end of that, you yeah. would never bitch at somebody for speaking Spanish no. in your presence. It's just like, I've been that guy where, or, or complain that, oh, I got to press two buttons for English on the ATM. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you want to you be in another country yeah. and, and they don't have an English option on the ATM and what a pain in the ass it is and how you, know, you could hit the wrong button. Very easily, you, you thank God that they accommodate you, I'm, and it's just like I'm just grateful for the opportunity to see how people live their lives and and to to learn from it, you know, and and to yeah. be informed by the culture and informed by the people. I just I dug it, man. I just I, you know, it, whether it was something as simple as as going to the McDonald's or or as complicated as trying to navigate a train station and go 200 miles on a train that would get me there instantly, you know, it, it just. To see the different way that people handle their lives is a gift. You should all do it. Everybody should do it. Right. And then, you'll, then you can finally learn the term for mouth ladies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got to uh, wrap it up and uh, get your plugs in. Where can people find you? Uh, you guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can follow me at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy six days a week. I'm playing video games on there. Come and watch me play nonsense and have fun. Do you play guys in Japan? Uh, oftentimes, you know, I, there are, I still have <laughs> listeners who are from Japan who've written me and stuff like my buddy, Zach, I have people who've gone and, and taught the oh, language great. over there. Yeah. Um, so you can also, I have the 40 year old boy podcast, certainly, which is available in the iTunes store. You guys can, uh, you know, I, I have twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy, facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy, Instagram and Snapchat at Mike four zero Y O B. Now that's a guy who's never given those plugs before. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I'm glad we could finally make it happen. I'm glad we did too. And I appreciate you asking. And, and I can't stress enough. I, I envy Mike's lifestyle <laughs> that he gets to go and travel all over the place because it's, uh, it makes you a better person. Well, we, go, go. Yeah. That's a good message. Where should we go next? Uh, wow. What's on, what's on your list? Uh, if you have one dream destination. Ireland. Okay. That's next. You'd love it. Yeah. I want, you know, Japan again is clearly, and I'll go back to Kuwait and stuff, but I've never been to Europe. Okay. So well, I, Ireland, I, you're going to have to drive on the other side of the road. Again. <laughs> I'll walk. I, I love history. I love school. I always call it school. And so I have pictures of palaces and pictures of signs from the 1600s. I, I, I want to learn. I want to, I want to devour everything that's ever happened. I think okay. it's amazing. And there, you know, the term for mouth ladies. <laughs> Mike Schmidt, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.